Hello, I'm Claire Doherty, the director of Arnolfini in Bristol. You're listening to the Imagine New Rules podcast. Hello, I'm here today with David Jubb, who's from Bassey Art Centre in London. And David and I have just been taking part in a discussion as part of Festival of the Future City in Bristol, where we were talking about arts organisations as agents for change, as we have with also Evie Manning from Commonwealth. And David, you were describing a very particular process that you use at Bassey Arts Centre called Scratch, which is a process, an iterative process, that allows you... Uh, to work in all sorts of ways, and I wondered whether we could touch on that as a starting point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's called Scratch, and it's a creative process, but it's actually almost easiest to think about as a process that we all used thousands of times, probably every day when we were a toddler. Um, so when you're learning stuff when you're little, in that you know first year, second year of your life, you're constantly testing something out. You're having an idea for to do something, to get up, to look at something to push somebody and then you do it you try try out what happens and then you invariably and I know this because my daughter's one and a half at the moment you kind of quite quickly look for feedback you look for some sense of what what, how did that go down you know what 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 was that about and then you think about uh, that feedback and then you kind of you know maybe go and do something else for a while and then you kind of come back and try it again so whilst it's called scratch and it is a process that we use in the organization it is actually only it's a, just a very human thing so in terms of the organization we we take that structure and uh, we use it uh, as a process that people use to make uh, shows but also to we've reshaped our organization using that process we've reshaped our building uh, delivered a big capital project using that process uh, we help young people set up their own businesses and social enterprises using that process all through that i through that simple idea that somebody has an idea but they need to kind of test it in order for it's about that I'm a great believer that we learn profoundly through doing. And, uh, you know, when you were a toddler, for example, you didn't, uh, you know, read a book to learn how to read. You did it. You you, you read. And uh, and so I believe that that's, for our organisations, is profoundly important because somehow the sort of alternative to that is that um, things get kind of, can get kind of uh, stuck um, and organisations can kind of, uh, if they're not using that kind of iterative process, um, then I think that can be sometimes quite disempowering for people who work in the organisation. Whereas the great thing about a process like that is everybody is recognised as kind of taking a risk, trying something out, knowing that it's not going to turn out exactly as they thought it might, but actually you learn stuff from the feedback and responses you get, which makes your idea so much more richer or irrelevant or, or interesting. And how, how does that work with audiences? I'm really, really fascinated by that because, um, you know, part of the changes that we're going to see happen in arts organisations of the next decade, two decades, is that people are uh, participating in culture in all sorts of different kinds of ways. They're co-authoring things, co-devising mm. things, mm. they're using different platforms. And yet we still have these Victorian institutions that have sort of grand entrances that you walk in and and you, there are modes of behaviour, aren't they? Mm, Particularly yeah. around art galleries, but definitely around mm, theatres mm, too. Yeah. There's an interval, there's a start and there's a finish, and there's a way to behave while that's going on. So um, how, do, how does an audience understand that there's a scratch process going on? And, and does that require of them different expectations of what they're experiencing? 
Yeah, and I think um, it's about, as with everything, it's about kind of context and introduction and transparency and honesty and integrity as well. So I think when there's a, when an artist is scratching something at Battersea Arts Centre, we we describe that process. Obviously, we describe it on our website, but we also describe it to the audience on the night. So somebody will stand up at the beginning uh, before kind of anything starts to happen and explain that. Uh, this is a scratch and to explain what that means and so everybody in the room because I think audiences in that situation are taking actually just as much of a risk as the artist is in many ways because obviously the artist is understandably terrified often in that situation because they're, they're showing something before it's ready before they even know what it is they're they're kind of it's like going through your sort of uh, sock drawer or something it's sort of it's showing something that you would not normally show and the audience are also in a position of vulnerability because they don't know necessarily what's expected of them. And I think one of the worst questions of, of um, eliciting feedback from an audience is often to ask audiences what they think. Because uh, I always think if somebody asks me what I think, I, um, you know, I quite quickly uh, start to panic and think I don't know what I think uh, and just feel a bit stupid. Whereas if you ask one of the most... Conversely, one of the most interesting and useful questions to ask audiences is, after a scratch, is to describe what they experienced. And when audiences are uh, do that, then it's so interesting because you, the artist, finds out so much more about what the kind of audience journey was through the piece. And sometimes, actually, it's a traumatic experience for artists because audiences will see or perceive or understand things that are completely different from what the artist is trying to. Uh, to, trying to connect with or trying to and so that simple sort of reflecting of experience which is very much like life isn't it when you know you learn so much from uh, people simply yeah reflecting and feeding back to you what an experience has been like yeah you learn so much it's in so way. interesting that there's a there's a brilliant research team at the university of central lancashire and it's led by someone called professor ling froggart who's had a really profound effect on how I think about, uh, and the language that I use in terms of thinking about impact or evaluation. And uh, what they do is they go in uh, to look at what's happened after an art experience or an arts experience. Um, and instead of having a focus group within a, uh, where you ask for your opinion, what did you think, how did it make you feel, all those things, they use associative thinking. So they ask people to describe um, what images that experience conjured up for them what memories and what they discover through that process that's not opinion that's actually through associative thinking is a depth of experience the depth of experience so rather than um, this notion of impact or success mm. being connected to did you like it or did you not mm. is it doing it any good actually what you're doing is saying what does it unsettle in you what does it what does it make you think of what does what are you going to take home with you what might it make you do differently mm. and it's that depth of experience that i think we're all trying to get to in what, what we're doing mm -hmm. I, i'm interested also though in in thinking about Bassey arts center following the fire uh, two years ago two and a half years ago and uh what that has in a sense um released for you potentially and what that has prevented you from doing so it was already an organization that was at the forefront of new thinking and change and transformation um what did the fire result in for you as a result um i mean i think the f 
the extraordinary thing was really the response to the fire was the way that people uh, talked about um, the building, the organisation, and I suppose going back to your idea of associative thinking, it just it seemed to bring out an enormous amount for people about their connection, uh, both to the building and the organisation, but actually also to each other, because ultimately when people come into these public spaces and have encounters and experiences and things happen, whether that be through people getting married in the building or people uh, having a workshop experience or people seeing or experiencing something or making something for the first time. I think often that's a, an experience that is about their relationship with another human being. And so one of the things that was remarkable about the way that people talked about the fire, um, often in the weeks and months after the fire, is I often find people talking to me as if that it was it had just happened to a person, that it was like they were kind of describing something which had happened to a member of their family or something. And at the end of the day, you know, that fire, fortunately, thank God, nobody got hurt, everybody got out, and it is a building. But actually, it's a building that carries so much of that emotion, so much of that uh, experience that people kind of hold on to. So for us, I think that's been one of the sort of biggest points that's come come out of the uh, experience is just recognising the incredible importance and value of public space. It seems nuts that something has to happen to a public space for us all to... And yet spaces are being privatised and closed off and uh, co-opted uh, all around our towns and cities. And so that, for, for me, has been, a, I guess, yeah, a, a, an important part of learning. Yeah, I, I'm really interested in that idea that... It, but it's not only the building, the, the the structure of it as a sort of an arbiter of taste or a showcase, but that it is a gathering place. It has, it, it creates a social bridge between people. Um, here at Arnolfini, in my first podcast, I was talking about the importance of history and all those amazing encounters and memories and people sitting on the harbour side and hanging out at the bar in the seventies mm. and seeing weird radical performance mm. in the auditorium in the 80s but equally not being nostalgic about that mm. you know that 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 is that history is important but that then it's about where do you go next like what does what do those roots enable you to do um i wondered at Bassi whether have you ever have you ever thought do we need the building the very first um piece of paper i got handed when i accepted the job at Batsy Art Centre was a paper that was looking at um, moving um, either into another building or out of the building so it's definitely been in the kind of consciousness of the organisation and there have been times in the past where um, the relationship between the local council and the organisation wasn't strong or healthy and I think there's fault on both sides for that and so there have been those moments yeah I think the building has often been the kind of in, in, the, in previous decades, a sort of child of a dysfunctional marriage between the council and, and Batsy Art Centre, which um, I feel like is now in a, in a very different place because I think we work together with the council, not just the culture team, but right across the council, lots of different teams and departments that we connect with. And it feels like a kind of, in transactional analysis terms, it feels like a very sort of adult, adult relationship, whereas often it felt a bit parent-child. But I always come back to the fact that it's an incredibly important thing for us to get out of the building and during the fire, uh, following the fire, obviously we've done even more of that and now I think a lot of our projects are either based out of the building or with partnerships out of the building. Um, 
But there's something about being able to gather. There is something about the notion of gathering and gathering in a public space where people can feel like it's a, a second home, a place where uh, they belong and they don't feel like they have to buy anything or um, or behave in a particular kind of way in order to access it. And so therefore I think buildings are incredibly important for that, as are parks, um, which links into the kind of whole inquiry into the civic role of arts organisations and the way that they're using those metaphors around the park or the home or the temple or the college or places where, you know, um, in general people feel they have ownership or access to as opposed to a lot of places, and I would include theatres and art centres in this context where people often feel like they are not um, uh, welcome or they don't have access to. So one of the important parts of the history for us of the of Battersea Arts Centre is that it is based in Battersea Town Hall, and that did have a kind of, you know, a civic function for 70 years before the 40 years in which Battersea Arts Centre has been based there. And in a way, a lot of the development project uh, to kind of open up the building has been essentially to turn it back into a town hall and try to recreate that sense of um, circulation in the building, but also that sense of politics, of people being able to come together to debate, to discuss, to think about the future. And I suppose that relates to your point about, yeah, there's a, a, I mean, I would say that I think there is a sometimes a nostalgia in those moments, but people also, yeah, absolutely want to look forward and think what's happening next. And I think theatre as a town hall, and we're really lucky because we are based in a town hall, is a, is a really great way to, to do that. And the building is a much more creative space also as a town hall. I think we kind of approximation of creating an art centre or a theatre and painting walls black and uh, creating auditoriums and establishing all the rules you were talking about right at the beginning of this conversation start to actually put off large amounts of people who don't want to take part in those rules whereas a town hall building I think is something where um, the best town halls feel you know open and democratic and where debate and conversation can happen um, so it's uh, yeah it's, it's been important in that way too. So, David, thinking about the, the future of the Arnolfini, what would your new rule for 21st Century Arts Centre be? Well, we're working on a project at the moment um, which is called Up Next, where we hand over the leadership of the organisation to uh, incoming artistic direction team. Um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying that. We have a dispersed leadership model in the organisation anyway, so... But actually the opportunity to, for a period of time, think that the organisation will be entirely run and seen through the eyes and lens of a different leadership team, I think is really exciting. And I think, so my new rule would be, yeah, every, maybe every two years have a, um, a new leadership team take over the organisation, even if that's for a, a, you know, a fixed period of time. Change is a constant, I think, in organisations, or should be a constant in organisations. And, yeah, I think... Sometimes people are fearful of change, understandably, if they're trying to protect something. But actually our organisations are about bringing people together to make change. So it's an incredibly important and valuable uh, instinct inside an organisation. It's also a great thing about thinking about succession as well, actually, because I think in these organisations we don't talk enough about succession in terms of leadership, in terms of governance, in terms of all these areas. And so just by occasionally having a kind of injection of... It's like football, I guess, having an on-loan player, but actually an on-loan manager who completely takes over. I just think, yeah, that would be my new rule. 
Thank you so much, David. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Imagine New Rules. All the podcasts in this series are available for download at arnolfini.org.uk. Ensure you're notified of future episodes by following Arnolfini on SoundCloud.